Chris Russell and Pete Medhurst on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. 301-230-0980. Still got some stuff to get to here in this hour, including the debate on the two-point play. Certainly caused a lot of discussion since being uh, brought into the National Football League. Obviously been a huge part of the college game for several years. Let's knock out a couple of these calls, though, before we get to that and transition. Want to get all of you in. Your percentage on what Washington wins this week. We've had some people as high as 50. We've had some people as high as zero. You get the idea. Let's go to line four. Jeff, what's up, Jeff? What's going on, guys? Um, I would I would peg the commander's percentage at 25. So, um, But I, I did have a question related to the two-point conversion. I said yesterday you don't go for it until you have to. Pete, with your college experience thrown in, what do you think about if you win the toss, actually taking the kickoff and running no huddle to jumpstart your offense to start a game? I got no problem with it. I, look, I mean, I think sometimes we get offenses that are much better in tempo uh, than anything. We see it at the college game all the time, some of your higher-scoring, high-octane offenses. Now there is a, a drawback to that. You score quickly. Uh, consistently, your defense spends a lot of time on the field, middle of the fourth quarter. You know, if it's close game, they might be a little vulnerable at that point. But to me, to me, it gives you an opportunity to get a, into a quick rhythm, get into the game right away, and uh, see what uh, and put a little pressure on the defense, dictate to them um, what's happening there. So I would have no problem if you come out in something like that without question. I'm referring to a specific NFL team that is off to a very slow start, <laughs> and the coach, the coach referenced yesterday. Well. We like to defer the kickoff because you might get the ball at the end of the first half and the beginning of the second half. And I'm like, dude, when you're down 14 to three after five minutes, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And it, it it seems like it's almost an unwritten rule of coaches to defer when you win the toss, and I've never gotten it. I mean, look, it's it. it look, we like we like it. Look, if it in fate works out, and and like Navy's done that for years. Ken's always been a defer guy. And when fate has it that you score at the end of the first half and then score the first possession of the second half, all of a sudden, in many ways, you've either gotten a game even or in some ways opened up a big lead on the opponent right. because they didn't have a possession in between. Right. But or it's got to work or out. Even if you don't score, you, you keep their yeah. offense off but the But it's got to work out that way, though. Right. It's got to work out that way to have maximum bang for the buck, right. kind of like the two-point play. Right. It's got to work out to give you the maximum bang for the buck in a situation like that. Right. And if I look, yeah, if I, I, Jeff, if my defense sucks like Washington's is right now, if I'm if I'm Ron Rivera and I win the toss, I put my offense on the field. Carson Wentz is on pace to throw sixty touchdown passes. Let him go. Give me a lead. Let me dictate to the other team and put the pressure on them playing from behind. That, that, that's the way I'd go. There's no chance I'd put my defense on the field first right now. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. And along with your percentage chance of uh, commanders winning, have you run the over-under on how many Eagles fans in the stadium on Sunday yet? We have not. But Well, we talked about it yesterday. I think we both thought, you know, what, right around 15,000? Uh, maybe it'll be 20,000. I don't know. I know the with, game's almost sold out, if not completely with sold out. With the enthusiasm yeah. Behind that Philly product right now, I think you're definitely talking yep. minimum twelve to 15,000, if not more, uh, because that's such a short ride down to Landover. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I think 25 might be more realistic. The weather on Sunday is supposed to be absolutely spectacular. So um, it's going to be interesting. I'll be at the Meadowlands, unfortunately, watching probably another debacle, but we'll see what happens. Jeff, appreciate you, pal. Uh, just one note on that, when, and, and it just reminded me, like because Jeff's a big Bengals fan, Bengals 0-2, Raiders 0-2, uh, and the um, – um, who is the other playoff team that's 0-2? Um, why am I – who? I can't hear you. Oh, the Titans. Thank you. That, that, that's exactly the – the Bengals, the Titans, the Raiders. Three of the seven playoff teams from the AFC last year, 0-2. Uh, by the way, when does Malik Willis start for Tennessee? Not that far from now if Ryan Tannehill – I mean, if they can't – I mean, because – look, their defense without Harold Landry is clearly not as good. They're already suspect. They were suspect in the secondary. We talked about that last week. And they can't – I mean, you can't use Derrick Henry to his full capability if you can't If you're not a make threat. stops, right? If your quarterback is not a threat and, and your, your defense can't make stops, yeah. Derrick Henry's irrelevant. Yeah, and your quarterback is at best – He's above average Although, at uh, best. Not that we're surprised by this, but how good was Buffalo last oh my night? Gosh. My Super Bowl looked really oh, good on Monday and Night Football last and, night. And, 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 you know, my Super Bowl pick as well. I, I have them over the – you have the, the Bills over the Ravens, right? And I have Ravens Bill, over the Ravens oh, over, the, Ravens over Ra- the Eagles. Ravens over the Eagles, right. So Okay, so you have the Ravens – that's right. You had the Ravens in the Super Bowl, Ravens mm-hmm. winning. I had the Bills – winning over the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Remember with the caveat that Jimmy G would take the 49ers sure enough, to the Super Bowl? And that's he's exactly large what happened. and in charge. But think about this, right? The Bills did not have Gabe Davis last night. And right. still rolled up. How many points did they score? 40? 41? 41. Whatever it was. Think of, Now, we've seen hot starts. Maddie and I were talking about this before, right? The Rams got off to a 7-1 and one start. They were killing everybody early last year, right? putting up big numbers, and then, boom, they just hit a big lull. So let's not think that the Bills are going to play 17 games at the level that they played the first two, but my goodness, my goodness, are they really good. Let's go to line two, JR's there. What's up, JR? JR got JR hit by 15-minute clock. <laughs> JR Sport Brief, 10 o'clock over uh, on the fan. Can I bring, can, can I bring up something here? Um, it, it, it's hard to... It, it illustrated on TV, but somebody passed this along. A friend of mine passed this along to me because I don't follow guys on social media. I just, I'm not a jock sniffer like that. I never have been, never will be. Um, I only follow guys that I have to. And, I'm going and even, to sniff yeah, your junk. And even that. Uh, I certainly do not ever follow Jamin Davis on, on Instagram, but apparently this is from his verified Instagram, underscore its shadow with ITZ. Shadow, and basically it's a video clip. I don't know what movie it's from, but basically there's a bunch of dudes on horses with a bunch of hoods on their head, and you know a bunch of the flames. The the, the you know uh, what that is? What what is it? You know what that is? No, I, I mean, that's I, that is it, like lynch mob, KKK. Well, oh type, yeah, well that's you what know. I, yeah that's what I I mean that's the the scene, but I don't know what movie that's from. Is what I, I, it doesn't it, matter what movie okay. it's from and what it symbolizes. Right. But that and that's just the point is Jamin Davis put this up on his Instagram, right? And basically it was 
to send a message to everyone that's criticizing him, the fan base, the media, and specifically you would think his coach is to basically back the bleep off, right? I, I mean, we like the audio is, 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 I mean, it's a very short audio clip. It's a very short video clip. I think he got rid of it. I tried to find it on Instagram this no, morning. It, I, it, it was taken down. Okay, it, it was, was taken, taken down. down. So I, I don't know if he deactivated his account or whatever it was. But basically the point being is he's tired of getting criticized and blamed solely. And 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 I will say this. As not, he should be. Yeah. As he should I, be. I missed some things, certainly on Sunday. I'm not telling you that I saw everything because, again, I was on the air during the entire second half of the game with Denton Day uh, here on, on 980 and 106.7 The Fan. So I may have missed some things. But I thought Jamin Davis, from an individual defensive perspective, was the, the most impactful guy that I saw. Now, again, I know I missed some things. I'm sure he got exposed in some areas that – again, dinged him that they weren't happy with because otherwise they wouldn't have been subbing in David Mayo. But when you talk about a guy who is largely dreadful in week one, who at least rebounded, showed up, and did some positive things, that was Jamin Davis in week two. Again, does he need to get better? Absolutely. Does he need to be more consistent? Of course. Does he need to have better technique, fundamentals, think less, all that? Yes, but the notion that Jamin Davis was the problem on Sunday, uh-uh. not happening in my eyes. That's not fair. That's not fair, even though he was being subbed out. That was the game plan. He was being subbed out because they know that they can't ask him to do everything yet. He's still too raw. He's still thinking too much. He's still reacting and not, or he's still being reactive instead of proactive. And 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 some of that is okay. I mean, you'd like it to be cleaned up. But Pete, my point being is he was he was far from the problem on Sunday. That's my point. The this is a unit wide issue. This is not a Jamin Davis issue, and it's it's just complete BS that they continue to single him out. Yeah, I mean, look, here's the one thing, and and, and I will agree with this for all of the criticism that Chase Young gets for being a first-round pick that has not had a chance to to play like it yet, Jamin Davis is also getting that same treatment from a consistency of criticism standpoint. Yes, you expect a first-round pick to have more of an impact on your play, but he's also a victim of them trying to change his position and then changing back to uh, a place that he's a little bit more comfortable with. But it's still the National Football League. What he's doing here is a lot different than what he's doing at Kentucky. And... You know, it's it's it takes time for some people mm-hmm. uh, to to develop into that role, let alone change positions both years uh, that you've played in the National Football League. And it's just kind of asinine that they keep taking shots at one dude uh, and putting it on them. You know, at some point, those coaches got to look in the mirror, man. This is this is their game plan. This is their scheme that has an entire unit right now of guys that are. Good individual professional football players not looking like a good unit out there consistently on the field right now. And and that's right now, less said the better. This is one of those times where less said the better in my mind when it comes to a coaching staff. They don't need to say much. The players don't need to say much. Get ready to play your toughest opponent that you may see all season coming up this week. So we're not blaming guys. We're not pointing. Def- we're not deflecting blame at player A, B, C, or D. 
hey, we got to play better as a unit. Let's move on. You know, if I'm Ron this week and I'm short with some answers, I'm okay with that. Less said, the better. Be better. Be better against Philadelphia, or you're going to get embarrassed in front of your own fans coming up this week. JR's back online, too. What's up, JR? Hey. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. You got it. Um, Listen, Jack Del Rio is the problem, man. I'm telling you, the man is pitiful, man. He's stuck on playing that 1980-style defense where you rush the four men and you put those two side linebackers in the hole to try to get to the quarterback. They're picking up every time. He doesn't disguise anything. Then he plays that zone defense where the receivers just run in the, in the uh, open space and the ball is thrown every time. But anyway, to say that, 90% of your callers and callers say something about the defensive coordinator. I don't know how you guys can't see that he's a big problem. Wait, 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 wait. We didn't say that he wasn't a big problem. But we're not going to sit here and blame 100% of it on Jack Del Rio and not the players. Well, I mean, it's not the players' it, fault at all? At all? Uh, I think they are missing assignments. And as far as I'm concerned, the guy who's in charge is responsible for that. Well, okay. Let, no listen, let, 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 listen let, me, let me ask you this. I don't know what you do for a living, but if you do something wrong at work, is it your fault or is it your boss's fault? It's my fault, but eventually the boss is responsible. Sure. So if the job ain't getting done, sure. he, if the job don't get done, who are they going to come up, up, up by? The no, boss. I understand that. I mean, Jack's going to get That's fired or Jack's going to resign, at, if not at the end of this year, before the end of this year. I mean, there there is almost no doubt in my mind because eventually, you you know, you, you pay the price or you pay the piper or whatever. But but my point being is is this radio show will never ever ever do what too many other radio shows and too many other fans and media do, and that's single handedly blame one person, one individual for everything that's wrong under the sun because that's not the way it well, works. He, okay, I'm not trying to cut you off, but he's been there three years. The first year we had a watered down schedule, and we only won seven, what seven games, and we lucked up and won the division because we because we went against bad quarterbacks. Since then, he has done nothing. We've been the worst defensive team on third down, so I don't, I don't know what you got to see. And he's going to cost the head coach his job if he doesn't get rid of this man. We have no chance of beating the Eagles if, if this man is in charge of that defense because he don't have a clue. He plays seven yards off the receivers on third and three, and the man just run down three yards, turn around, and get to catch the ball first down. He doesn't play man-to-man. He doesn't blitz corners. He doesn't blitz safety. He blitz those two side linebackers over and over again with a, call, with a quarterback, see him coming, and adjust to it every single time. Just look at it. It's frustrating for me. But uh, we got no chance of beating the Eagles. Zero. Okay? Yeah, I appreciate the call. And he did blitz St. Juice, and St. Juice got back to the quarterback in week one. Yes. So he he does blitz corners. He has done that. And so. he and he is blitzing the linebackers, too, to but his that's, point. But that was his point. That well, was the only one. He said that was the only players that he's blitzing. But he has sent McCain. He has sent right. St. Juice, I know for right. a fact. Right. So Well, yes, yeah, St. Juice caused an intentional <clears throat> grounding, to right. your point, off a corner blitz yes. in week one. But but my point is, is you are going to you're, – you're, you're going to blitz and pressure with different guys. Like, if you don't want Jack Del Rio to be as conservative in the 
first half as he was last year when they were basically rolling those four first-line, uh, first-round guys out there and just saying, hey, get home. If you guys want him to be more creative with blitzes, stunts, twists, all that stuff, what did we say? He blitzed 36% of the time, I think, last year, which was like fifth or sixth in the NFL. If you want him to be more creative, guess what? A gambling defense, a more aggressive defense, by nature is going to have to cover better on the back end because you're going to be more exposed, whether it's in man, which it usually is when you blitz, or zone, because you – again, that's the whole idea of creating more heat, of putting more pressure, of being more exotic, of doing different things, is somebody's got to make a play on the back end. Guess what happened on that third and 15, 22-yard touchdown to DeAndre Swift? Nobody made a play on the back end. They literally let the guy set up chop uh, on his ass on the fourth field turf, and he got up and ran like the wind, and nobody was near him, okay? Is that Jack Del Rio's fault? I don't know. Ron seemed to indicate yesterday, Pete, I'm trying to find the exact quote. Ron seemed to indicate that one of the linebackers, and I don't know if it was Jamin or or Cole, kind of screwed up on that play. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to get the exact tweet, but that's the way I interpret, I'm sorry, the exact quote, but that's the way I interpreted it watching Ron yesterday, who was, by the way, having chowing down while he was meeting with the media. Um uh, and a lot of fa- a lot of fans had a problem with that. They so- found that to be disrespectful. I didn't really find it to be disrespectful. I mean, you know, the guy's got a, a lot to do and a lot to deal with. Uh, the man needs to eat. Uh, I didn't find it disrespectful, but a lot of fans thought it was disrespectful uh, based on the comments that I saw while watching the you know the press conference. Um, you know, whatever. I, 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 like, Ron Ron keeps circling that this isn't a scheme issue, that this isn't a personnel issue, that there was some miscommunication, but this was a big play bust issue. And there is a lot of truth to that. This was a big play bust issue time and time and time again. They let up, again, five or six explosive plays, two of which came on third down, even though they've been better on third down. I mean, the 58-yarder to Amon Ross St. Brown on the end around or – you know, uh, whatever you want to, co- yeah, end around the the forty nine yarder early where you know Saint Juice and William Jackson uh, got confused. Uh, you know, again, there's there's so many different plus the fifty two yard free kick return that was another disaster. My point being is Ron is trying to isolate it to it was a big play bust game, and, and he's right to a degree. But every other bit of evidence that we have is that it's more than just one game, a couple of isolated plays, and that. And as soon as they clean that up, that's the problem. Because we dealt with this last year during the first six games, and it did get better until all the injuries and attrition hit Pete. But we, we don't have six games or seven games against mediocre-ish or above-average quarterbacks and offenses in order to screw around and figure out how to communicate and how to play things and bunches and end around reverses better. We don't we don't have that time. Before we talk about going for two, let's get to Lou. What's up, Lou? My people, man. What's happening? What's happening, man? What I hit a person there, man. What's going Not on? Not a now? whole lot, Chris. I just wanna know. I just wanna ask you guys an honest question. So what is the like what why is it so hard for this staff to go back and look at the 2020 season, the way we played defense. I know we might not have some of the talent, 
I know Chase is out. Some of the players are, you know, they're not on the team. But, you know, some of these players they have on the team, is they professional. They get paid. So I, I'm I'm confused. How hard is it for the, the uh, 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 JDR to go back and, and look at the, you know, some of the tapes and, and correct the mistake they, they making? Like, I mean, this is week two going on week three. We've seen the same thing from a year ago. I mean, this prevent like the prevent defense is not working, man. It ain't working. So I, I, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just like, I mean, you guys, if 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 something is not working, you're gonna go go back and try to fix it, right? But how hard is it? How many times do we have to come on on the radio and talk about it? Like, I mean, it seems like there's a connection between. I don't know, man. It's just it's like I, it, I, I, I'm confused, man. Somebody explain that to me, man. Appreciate y'all taking my call, man. I'm out, man. Look, oh, by the way, Chris. Thank, yeah, yeah. Oh. Chris. Yes, sir. Oh, Kirk Cousins still trash. Yeah, <laughs> I knew that was yeah. coming. Um, I, wanna, I appreciate I wanna, you, Lou. I just want—I just want to rub that, rub that on your face. Uh, I, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. I—he—he he was terrible last night. There is no doubt about it. Uh, by the way, uh, real quickly on the Jamin Davis thing that we brought up earlier, the segment with the uh, video meme that's now been deleted. Uh, Crab Cakes and Football brought this up. I didn't make the immediate connection, but I guess I should have. And you kind of described what the scene, the clip was that it could possibly stem from that dust-up gate, right? Remember when we said the players basically, by and large, had his back and nobody privately that I knew of, uh, nobody publicly, when asked about Jack Del Rio, they supported him, supported him. Jack throws Jamin Davis basically under the bus last week, right? A lot of people had an issue with that. All of a sudden, Jamin Davis is posting memes and video clips on his verified Instagram about basically, you know, like you describe with, uh, you know, men with hoods on horses and, you know, whatever, and basically saying, get off my bleeping back. You know, I'm not the only problem here. Is this the first crack in the foundation officially? I, I don't know. Well, I mean, at some point, dude, I mean, you, you get pissed off when yeah. a unit is failing as a group, and you're the one guy that they keep pointing to publicly. Yeah. They're not yeah. calling anybody else out. They're saying it's 52. And and that's I, – I, look, you're a human being, man. If 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 a if a group is having a tough time in an office place, but they keep walking down the hallway and saying, hey, man, you, you're not pulling your weight. You have these meetings in the conference room. And the guy sits at the head of the table or a woman sits at the head of the table and they point at you and go, you, you're not pulling your weight. And meanwhile, you look at the, the sales numbers and they're as anemic as hell for the whole group. I would get up in the room and say, look, it's just not me. It's these right. other jabronis in here too. So he's human. I understand the emotion involved. And I don't necessarily think he's wrong. Could he could he have maybe used a different way, a different picture to describe it? Maybe. But I don't think the young fella is wrong. You That's know, all JDR I'm say. was trying to send a message. Jamin Davis was trying to maybe send a message. I agree 100% with that. One, or th- I was going to say 1 800. Uh, 301 230 0980. To two or not to two? We'll talk about that next. 25 minutes away from Dumb Dumb of the Day. It's all right here on Russell and Medhurst on the Team 980, the Odyssey app.
Sometimes the walk-up is just too good to listen to, such as this one right here. On the Team 980 in the Odyssey app, Chris, before we finish up any of these calls here, we got to get into this real quick. To go for two or not go for two. Okay, I think everybody looks at it as if it works, yes. It's a tremendous positive. If it works and you, like in this case, the, the one that was so controversial from this week, if you get it, sure, you score a touchdown, you win by a point if your kicker can make an extra point. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously all of that backfired on Washington because they didn't make the two. Your kicker missed his next extra point, so you were down nine when yep. you only needed one possession left. So it, it all blew up in their face. For all of the analytical nerds, the numbers nerds, we understand what the math can be, but nobody takes into account what happens if we don't get the dag on two-point conversion. And if you don't get it, you end up in a much worse place like Washington did this past week. Well, I mean, it's he, just, it's where, just where nobody you, ever where, thinks about the other side. Where you wind up to your point is still needing then a two-point conversion because you then need the eight instead of the seven to tie or the six to – you see what I'm getting at? Yeah. So, so you still need the two-point conversion. And their point is – that you'd rather go for two two-point conversions if something doesn't work out down 14 and win the game or try to win the game, but but you don't actually win the game if you fail on that first two-point conversion and you're still down by eight. You don't win the game because you don't win the game. It's, you don't win the game. It's whereas, simple math, Hoss. Whereas if – now, again, as I pointed out yesterday, and Ben Kremel did this big write-up, Benny K. The Team980.com. He did his own write-up. He did uh, a write-up, and we appreciate uh, of the interview and what Jay Gruden had to say. And you heard Jay say yesterday, again, if you missed the whole thing, uh, we've got a podcast. Again, Krimmel's got the story, the Team980.com. Matt's got a podcast, of course, at Russell and Medhurst in the podcast section. Very easy to find. Where, like Jay said, he didn't agree with it, whatever. He doesn't use that. Here's the thing. Okay. I understand. To your point, Pete, if you make the two-point conversion, Brendan Darlytics was yelling at me last night. Uh, I understand if you make the two-point conversion and you're only down by six, you then need one defensive stop and a a traditional touchdown to win in regulation. I got it. I understand that. We pointed that out yesterday. I pointed that out on Sunday during the game with Denton. On both stations. I got it. I understand that. I understand why you would want to do that. I understand that you probably don't want to go into overtime. I I get it all. But it doesn't mean what you would like to do and what you want to do is the smarter thing to do than the the straight-up thing to do and Mm -hmm. the normal conservative thing to do. Now, that's assuming that you have full confidence in Joey Sly which I don't think Ron does, how could you? When you look at what Joey Sly has not done this offseason, preseason, and so far through two games, that's number one. Number two, again, as I said Sunday, as I said yesterday, as you, you can read about and hear about in the rant, I said, look, if Ron doesn't believe that his defense, Pete, can get two defensive stops, then... That's the rationale that Ron should be using. Not some stupid dopey chart. 
that tells you to go for it because the win probability is this and Seth Walder was going to be upset at you because the win expectancy and blah, 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 blah. If Ron believes that his field goal kicker, his place kicker stinks, and he's got no confidence, again, I don't know why he's on the team, but privately Ron may be not as confident as one kick, one kick, that, that, one kick, it was just one kick now. No, 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 don't, no, 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 it's more than one kick. Uh, Cost you a chance to uh, potentially, right? Uh, I mean, you got to get the onside kick still, but, but again, you, you just, there's just too many variables that open up if you miss. Right. But again, you, you agree with me that Ron shouldn't have confidence in his defense that they can get two defensive no. stops, right? No, of because course not. again, if you if you if you do kick the extra point and assuming that Sly makes it and you're down seven with ten and a half minutes left to go, again, the analytics, the number nerds are basically saying now you have to score a touchdown and a two point conversion to win it, uh, and and that is true, right? Um, or you can just score the traditional touchdown and you can kick the extra point. And assuming that that is good and that's no safe assumption, then you're tied. Maybe you go into overtime. Maybe you play last possession, whatever. My point is the only way I was able to justify it in my mind with Ron is that he didn't trust his place kicker and or he didn't trust his defense to get more than one stop. And one stop was questionable at, 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 its, at its very least. So, And when I say the one stop thing, again, if you kick the extra point Upon the Antonio Gibson touchdown, you're down seven. Now my defense has got to get the stop on the next series, and then I've got to score and either tie it or go for two and take the lead. And then my defense has to get another stop because it's two stops at that point, whereas with ten and a half minutes left to go. Whereas if you go for the two and make it, again, you're down six, now your defense needs one stop, and presumably you need a regular touchdown. Maybe you still need that second stop, but again, that's the way to kind of think about it and justify it. But Ron didn't even mention that. Ron would have been better off mentioning that than some stupid chart that everyone's going to run around going, Hey, see, see, you know who didn't do the stupid chart thing? You know who didn't do it? Mike McDaniel. <laughs> Mike McDaniel of the Miami Dolphins. You know who won their game on Sunday, Pete? Mike McDaniel and the Miami Dolphins. Mike McDaniel and the Miami Dolphins. They won their game on Sunday in big-time come-from-behind fashion against the Baltimore Ravens. Let me take you through it real quickly. They were down 35-14, were the Miami Dolphins, late in the third quarter, right? Everybody kind of knows this. They scored a two-yard touchdown pass early in the fourth with 12-12 left to go. What did Mike McDaniel do down then, at that point, 35-20, down 15? Okay, so slightly different scenario, slightly different scenario, but down 15 at that point, what does he do? Kicked. He kicked. Extra point good. Now it's a 14-point game. So now we're at 14 points, which is exactly what the commanders were at. So that's the first salvo. The next touchdown with 747 left to go. Tyreek Hill, 48-yard touchdown from Tuatunga Violoa, down 35-27. So now you're down by eight. Exactly same scenario, however, a little bit less time. What does Mike McDaniel do? Kicked. Extra point, correct. Thank you, sir. Now you're down by seven. Okay. Justin Tucker then adds a 51-yard field goal, we think, to kind of uh, – I'm, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Be, before that – I'm sorry. My bad. Tyreek Hill, a 60-yard touchdown pass. 
two and a half minutes later with 519 left. Now you're down 35 to 34. What does Mike McDaniel do? Does he go for the lead or does he go for the 35-35 tie and I'm going to take my chances that momentum is going to carry me here? What does he do? He sent Gary Upremian in and he kicked. There you go. So Mike McDaniel and the Miami Dolphins were down 35-14 entering the fourth quarter. Scored a touchdown to make it a 35-20 game against slightly one-point difference from the decision Ron had. He kicked. Then, again, they were down exactly 14. 35-21. And Tyreek Hill, and he kicked. With less time, but he kicked. You would think more urgency. Again, the analytics say one thing. Teams are 49%, whatever they... Pete, I'm not telling you I trust Joey Sly. I don't trust Joey Sly at all. I'm telling you, Ron would have been way better off if he would have explained it. And I know he can't throw Joey Sly under the bus. Look, guys, I was worried about us being able to get off the field multiple times. And I was worried about this game going into a track meet in overtime. He would have been way better off explaining it other than, you guys are like this. I used an analytics chart. <laughs> I mean, I can make up an analytics chart that says that at 21-14, yeah. kick, plus one, plus one, plus one, and give him that chart and say, here, here's what this chart says. Are we Use are, this are, chart. Are we? Let me ask you this real quickly. Are we dum-dums? No. Are we dum-dums for missing? Some, is Mike McDaniel, a, who went to a Yale, is he a dummy? Dude, that guy's going to do big things. In I Miami. know he is. They're going to be big time. That, 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 that Dolphins-Bills rivalry is about to be back on oh, in the AFC East. And Mike McDaniel is one of the coolest people you're ever going to meet. That's one about to be dudes. back on in the AFC East. I um, love both of those teams. That's going to be fun to watch. 60 seconds each. We'll go to line two and Big Al. Big Al, 60 seconds. Go ahead. Man, I need more than 60, but I, I'll say what I have to say. Right now, um, I'm not even worried about the extra point. I'm just worried about Montez Sweat. He doesn't give us anything. We got the wrong Sweat. We need to trade him immediately while he got some value. You got Janoris Jenkins, Pierre Paul, Blake Martinez, Xavier Rhodes, Jamie Collins, Eric Flowers, Landon Collins, all these people available. I understand we're going young. But we need to incorporate some veterans that know what they're doing. We are absolutely horrible on defense, and the front office is even worse than the damn defense, man. It's getting old. We're talking about stuff that doesn't even – the two-point conversion, that's fine. What analytics, that's fine. But we need help. And you're right, Al. You need help. You got hit by the 15-minute clock. Roberto, you got 60 seconds. Go ahead. Boys and girls, we need to play better defense. Duh. The offense has generated 55 points, if my math is correct, last two games. The problem is the defense is giving up too many points. So that's the pickle, folks. Defense needs to get way better. I mean, way better. Have a good one. Appreciate you, big fella. I need a pickle right now. Oh, my daughter loves pickles. A half-sour pickle. I've got a bunch of them in my refrigerator. 
I got to get back on my good eating today. That's how I'm going to eat good. My daughter, my daughter though, is a pickle snob. She only likes the Mount Olive kind. So, has to be Mount Olive. Really? Yeah, pickle snob. Though really? she does take, I always give her mine off my Chick-fil-A sandwiches because I don't eat pickles. <sighs> like the the pickles with the kosher dill, I forget. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I mean, there's so many good brands. Yeah. I got Nathan's in my refrigerator. I got I bought Tempte, which is like a Jewish uh, you know, thing out of New York. Oh, they make the best pickles. Russell's oh. Dumb mm. Dumb of the Day is coming up next. But first, he'll tell us what's happening. All right, good news as we started the show and talked about it a lot, especially during hour number one. Cam Curl cleared to return, first reported by John Kime, uh, Odyssey DC, and the Athletics Ben Standing confirming that as well. Uh, we talked about this throughout the show. If you missed any of it and the breakdown and who might spy Jalen Hurts as the Eagles and what chance you give the Commanders uh, as they come in for week three, hit the Odyssey Rewind feature on the Team 980, but Washington claiming Cowboy defensive lineman John Ridge way who was waived uh and cutting donovan cheater who was just signed and played in one game uh in detroit on sunday meanwhile the buccaneers are signing to their practice squad wide receiver cole beasley certainly a controversial figure especially last year with julio jones and chris godwin banged up and mike evans suspended hockey three big retirements pk suban 33 calling it an nhl career and a fine one at that sedanio chara signing a one-day contract he's going to retire as a member of the bruins he played 24 years including one with the capitals and keith yandel longtime nhl defenseman who actually broke the all-time Iron Man streak this season, playing 989 consecutive games. He is retiring as well. So three big NHL defensive men, defense men retire. Maybe they were retiring because 24 years ago today, Cal Ripken's streak ended in Baltimore against the Yankees. And that's what's trending. I don't mean to brag, I don't mean to boast, but you guys have been the most. You've knocked it out on the phone lines the first two days this week. We appreciate you listening, and you're dominating it right now, helping us dominate it in the midday. We love it. 301-230-0980. Write it down. Live it. Love it. Be a part of it tomorrow here on the Team 980. Without further ado, you know what it's time to do. That's right. The people that step in doo-doo. It's time for Dumb Dumb of the Day on Russell and Medhurst. Ah, right, thank you very much, Mr. Pedro. This courtesy of Matt Essig, who does an excellent job producing this fine radio program. He sent this to me, so we're going to use it. Doug Ramsey, 53 years old, Fayetteville, Arkansas native, was arrested on Saturday night on charges of terroristic threatening and third-degree battery. You might ask, why? What was he doing? Well, apparently he wasn't happy with the Arkansas comeback as they almost did the uh, horror show and lost to Missouri State and then turned on the Jets and and actually won. So just after 10 o'clock on Saturday night, officers were dispatched to a parking garage for a disturbance that had previously occurred in the Stadium Drive parking garage uh, just outside of the Razorback Stadium. The responding officer found two males with bloody faces at the scene. After doing some investigation, it was determined that Ramsey, the 53-year-old, was allegedly in the traffic lane of the structure attempting to leave when a Subaru inched his way 
and in front of his Bronco and made contact with the front passenger side tire. Ramsey got out of the vehicle and allegedly punched through the back windshield of the Subaru that attempted to cut him off. The owner of the Subaru then got out and stated that Ramsey pulled him in close and started punching his body and then bit the owner's nose and ripping the flesh off of the nose of the victim. Now, you might think this is a little harsh, right, for a traffic incident inside after a big Razorbacks win and uh, all that. Well, here's why Matt chose it. <clears throat> what When you bite noses of people, you're biting flesh, right? You're biting meat. You know what Mr. Ramsey's title and job in life is? Um, dentist. No. A meat packer. You're getting closer. He cuts meat. Uh, not exactly. He's the CEO, COO of, get ready for it, Beyond Meats. <laughs> Which, if you don't know what Beyond Meat is, it's a Tyson's Food website that, of course, presents and populates the world with non-meat products, non-flesh animal products that do bit the nose off of another Arkansas fan because he cut him off in the parking lot and the dude is the CEO, COO, whatever, of Beyond Meat. So he cut his nose off to spite his face, There he? you go. My goodness, you, sir, are a dumb-dumb Arkansas one. Congratulations, you're Chris's dum-dum of the day. How ridiculous is that? Now, listen, I get mad in traffic, too. Somebody cuts me off, I get really angry. I would get, I mean, look, I'd be a little, I know they were nervous because Missouri State was, yeah. you know, hanging around longer in a game than they should have been. But it just goes to show you how stupid some people get over their favorite team. It just, it what, really, what, what, you let was, your emotions... that, was that it or it's more no, getting you, cut off and oh, the guy. No question. But you get all wrapped up in all of it yeah. and, you know, your emotions are high, right. probably half lit. You'd think after Gotta a win, believe, though, you'd look, be a little more. I'd have loved to have done a, a blood alcohol level test on that mm. guy. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. I mean, that, th- did you see any of that comeback for oh, Arkansas? Sure, I mean, sure. el- electric. Yeah. Like they flipped that game in in a snap of a finger with a long uh, punt return and KJ, KJ Jefferson. KJ Jefferson is going to be one of the the highly scrutinized oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. players in this offseason as to how he translates to the next level. I like a lot about his game, but more importantly, I love his moxie when I it, know. when it comes time to get crunch time. I love what he's done. We got to talk not only about that and a controversial ruling in Notre Dame, Cal, and and all that that cost you, but also the Maryland win over SMU on mm-hmm. Saturday. We got to do that tomorrow because we haven't had a chance with all the commander stuff and whatever. We got to do that tomorrow because I watched a lot of college football on Saturday, uh, and some of it was just absolutely fascinating. Hey, it's a great it's a great time every weekend. Great time tonight. Rosecroft reopens. I'll be there tonight doing the announcing as always. Post time is set for 7.15. Fair off and pacing. We're off 
to tomorrow, 9 to 12. Linnell is up next. Burgundy and Gold today is coming your way. Keep him company and speak to him on the phone lines at 301-230-0980. And, of course, as you're out and about, keep him live and locked in for free on the Odyssey app.